I've seen this movie 50 times before. And I know that if you go this way or if you go that way, you know, so the smart route is go this way. Like you only get that from experience. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, Upwest, and Hippo Insurance. Welcome to episode 117, and we have Jeff Hyman, the Chief Executive Officer of LWD Advisors, Inc., a legal HR and business consulting firm focused on emerging growth companies. Previously, he held several executive roles at companies including Google, Pebble Technology, Apple, and Intel. He has volunteered thousands of hours in pro bono legal service through organizations like AIDS Legal Services and others. Jeff is also an adjunct professor at Santa Clara University's School of Law. Jeff Hyman, thank you so much for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. Thanks for having me. Really, really great to have you. You know, you had such interesting positions uh, in the legal space, but also in the HR space. So I believe you, you started the, you were the general counsel and you started the HR at Pebble technology, which I love. I backed both Kickstarters. Incredible. And then you were senior, you. <laughs> senior director at Google, advisor to several companies. I think Boosted Boards was one of them. Yeah. I, it's one of my dreams. It's one of my life goals to be able to write on the Boosted Board, but I'm terrified. So maybe you'll <laughs> ease my concern. And you're an adjunct professor at Santa Clara University teaching about the legal aspect of startups. Jeff, what, what does that mean? What does that mean, the legal aspect of startups? Well, in the course at the law school, what we do is I try to present to the students what the arc of legal issues are that startups face from formation to raising capital and dealing with VCs and then key issues about contracts and hiring people and employment law issues. And then ultimately, you're working towards uh, M&A and going public. Right. And throughout it, the focus of the class is really about, you know, educating the students a bit on some of the key legal issues at every one of those steps. But it's really about how do you function in a startup as a lawyer and what's the most useful way to be a partner to all of the other, you know, business stakeholders in a company in charting solutions to navigate through all those legal issues. So take me through this, take, take me through this life cycle from, you know, you're joining uh, Pebble as a as very early employee, right? I think 30, 35th employee. What does that mean being, you know, being a good partner at an early stage startup? And then take me through the journey of the startup up until the IPO. So I think, yeah, so it, and I think it's really that it's an important distinction between being like a law firm lawyer or even working at a big company legal department like I did at, at Intel or Apple, where you know when, when you're a huge company, you have so much at stake, so much at risk, uh, and a lot to protect and to worry about. And what a lot of those companies' legal practices are really about is identifying and managing risk. Uh, whereas in a startup, you have you have very little <laughs> to, to protect and it's really about, you know, you're trying to do something new and you're trying to create and build. And right. So the orientation I think there is, and this certainly you know, was my attitude when I got to Pebble, you show up and there is no legal department. There's nothing. And there's a business that's trying to accomplish something. 
Um, and really your job as the general counsel uh, or legal counsel is understand what the business is trying to do and figure out how can you help make that happen. And along the way, how do you help build the company uh, and make sure that the company is making really smart choices about how it's uh, you know, pursuing those, those business opportunities in a smart way, how it's complying with the laws that it needs to comply with, or at least making really informed choices when it's not. Uh, and sometimes that's, that's part of what startups have to do too. Uh, but then also being really smart about, you know, particularly in a technology startup, you have a great idea and now you're executing to it. How do you do that in a way that's gonna be protectable so that you have a differentiated advantage and you're able to protect that differentiation sometimes through intellectual property, sometimes through how you set up contracts and relationships with external parties, et cetera. So, I mean, so you're, there's, and you're, there's a lot. Yeah, and I mean, you know, looking at the background, so besides being a part of, the, of you know, these huge companies, very successful companies, you've, you've taken a very active role within those, you know, more uh, Internet of Things devices like wearable technology, like the booster boards. So I'm guessing there the IP plays a pretty strong part, right? Because especially today, you know, you, you create some new wearable device and all of a sudden, you know, across the sea on the east, you have you have companies doing almost the same thing for much cheaper. So, so what are the different challenges there that you've seen with these different companies that you've worked with? Well, that's and that's really, I think, especially in the hardware space, yeah. and that's really one of the big challenges. You can have, if you look at like a Pebble watch or, you know, I, I had the same thought when GoPro came out with their camera, when you tear those devices down, they're just made up full of commodity off the shelf parts right. that anybody can, you know, tear it open and, and copy it. And, and if they can offer it at a lower price because they have cheaper labor, whatever the case may be, you're in big trouble. Yeah. So if you want to have something that's going to give you a sustained differentiated advantage to compete, You've got to bring something that isn't so easy to knock off. And, and what, what are those things? Well, at Pebble, one of the things that, that we had was we had software. We had a, you know, a distinct UI. We had a set of software features. We had a, a really uh, you know, impressive uh, backend you know, cloud-based systems. We had a I actually developed, community. I, I, yeah, I, I developed apps for my Pebble. Yeah. Yeah. So like those are the kinds of things that, if you're smart about how you do it, those can start to create moats that that will uh, you know, defend your your competitive advantage. So long as people like the product, you know, right? I and mean, ultimately, all these things they all devolve down to the basic question of: Are you doing something that consumers want? Uh, that's the ultimate you know challenge. Um, but I think that you can you can be smart about how you decide you know whether you're going to try to protect things through patents and there's a there's criteria and strategies around figuring out that there's also a lot of strategy around when there are things that um, are actually hard about what makes your product work or how you assemble your product and if you keep those things secret uh, you can give yourself some advantage as well so how you maintain your trade secrets is, is right. important um, so there's lots of different strategies and, and law plays a part of figuring out how, how effective a moat can you build around the business. And then how does that play, though, into, you know, your role as leading the HR? 
at, at a company like Pebble? Because in my mind, legal and HR don't necessarily go hand in hand. So it's a really, yeah, it's really interesting. When I joined Pebble, uh, the first day I, I showed up, there was a recruiter and he asked me to go into a conference room and he said, hey, you know, you're also in charge of HR and there's some <laughs> things that you need to know about. <laughs> and, and so it's, it isn't actually that strange because the intersection, you know, there's a lot of, of HR that's really about um, not only complying with a whole host of employment laws, which are really important, but a lot of those laws are there when you think about it to, to protect and promote the interests of the team and the employees. And, and when you think in a startup about what's something that's really important, well, it's the team and the culture of the company. And so for me, I, I had a really natural uh, interest and passion for doing the HR work. I still love doing it. And I was really, I was thrilled to get to wear both of those hats uh, because um, sometimes when you're doing the legal work, it can be a little isolating from, you know, the team uh, writ large and you're doing things that are important, but maybe don't resonate with everybody. When you work in HR, uh, you're doing stuff that affects everybody all the time. And the feedback loop is instantly you hear from people all the time, uh, which I, which I enjoyed. Most of the time. I love it. I love it. Okay. And now, you know, I'm, I'm going to be starting a startup, hopefully sooner rather than later. And how, how can an, I, as a founder, or as an entrepreneur, I know nothing about legal. How can I even go and approach, you know, doing things the right way and understanding and, and really complying with the right things, but also thinking strategically about protecting the stuff that I'm doing? Is, do, you, do I bring somebody in-house? Do I go outside to a different company? You know, sort of what's the best practices with your insight over years in this industry? Well, now what you're going to do is call me. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's done. That's it. So that's, you know, it's, it's funny because that's really what the, this consulting business that I run now is really, in a way, it's sort of my my solution to the problem that you just raised is right. when you're when you're starting out and it's early days, it, it doesn't make sense to hire a full-time lawyer at a really early stage startup. But there are so many things that even in the early stages that founders want to get right and they need it. They're not intuitive. You know, most founders are technical. Sometimes there's sales or marketing oriented people, but there's, no reason to assume that you would have this very specialized knowledge and kind of the wisdom of experience to know what are some of the better solutions you know, than others. So you can read a lot on the web, and I think a lot of founders do, and some of it's good and some of it's not. Yep. Um, there's lots and lots of law firms you can go to, and you know, law firms are, are great at, if you go to a good one, there's a lot of subject matter knowledge, but there isn't always a lot of practical wisdom and sort of street smarts. And so ultimately, I think what you want as a founder is to say, okay, you know, tell me, don't just tell me what the law is, but tell me practically what's the smartest way to get from where I am to where you understand I want to go. And I think that's really what makes for a great in-house lawyer, or even somebody like me, who's a part-time GC and head of HR for lots of startups. Wow. You know, somebody who brings that perspective up in reality, like you're always weighing risk against benefit, right? And sometimes 
you know, it can be expensive to comply with every single detail or to try to tackle all the problems at once and you have to prioritize. And so having that practical ex experience to know, like, what do I really need to do right now? What can wait? What's like, what's a good enough solution versus, you know, the Cadillac and you don't always need the Cadillac. That's, that's really the kind of practical experience that, that you need. But even in, you know, in, especially in legal, when you, you have to specialize in a lot of these things, and especially when you're talking about intellectual property, you ha it sounds like you almost have to be, to be somewhat of an expert on the technology that this company is developing. And you're going from, you know, smartwatches to, uh, to you know, uh, electric, electric uh, scooter boards to Google, Intel, Apple. How do, you, how do you understand the technology and how much, how much of a deep dive do you actually need to have within each of these realms in order to be giving really good advice? Well, it's really, it, it's one of the things that's really fun about working in the Valley is if you're interested in technology and, and in business, which I, I am, both of those, you know, as well as the law. I mean, I've had a lot of people I've worked with say that, you know, I'm a business person who happens also to be a lawyer. Uh, and I try to think of it that way too. Interesting. So, you know, over a number of years, you work on a lot of different kinds of things and you learn from hopefully really smart you know, mentors and practitioners. But then, yeah, you do have to learn the technology because it, it can be relevant sometimes. And sometimes it's not. I mean, it, to, to help address, you know, employment law issues, uh, it's not necessary that you know much about the business or the product or the technology. Uh, but if you're, but certainly when you're thinking about intellectual property matters or even, you know, structuring partnerships with outside companies, particularly if it involves like manufacturing or licensing technologies, uh, you do need to understand at some level, uh, you don't have to be an engineer, but the more you understand, I think it can, it can help you a lot. Definitely. And, you know, so, you know, looking over all these companies and all these years in your industry, uh, what are some of the common pitfalls that you see founders or entrepreneurs make along the way that that could be avoided? You know, I'm, I'm looking at myself, things that I'm, I, I want to write down, that I want to make sure that I do things right as I go along my own entrepreneurial journey. Gosh, um, you know, there's every startup that I've worked with um, and I'm working with four companies right now. They all struggle with a lot of people-related issues, a lot of employment law issues. Interesting. Uh, and I think they also struggle with the you know how to build and manage teams and do some of the compensation strategy. Like all of that people-related stuff is a challenge, and that's partly because none of it's intuitive at all. Like there's nothing intuitive about employment law. It's detailed and, and in California, it's shocking and surprising what the law actually uh, requires. It's, it's very unclear to both sides, right? Both the employer and the employee. It can be. It absolutely can yeah. be. And, and there can be a tremendous amount of, um, of problem when the relationship goes south, you know, and, and that can happen, right? So, so getting a lot of those people-related issues right is, is a challenge. I think also uh, that when when founders early on start engaging with the outside world, whether it's through contracts or through 
collaboration, talking about technology, developing technology with outsiders, uh, getting that right, with both in terms of the contracts that the companies are signing and the contracts that they're not signing uh, and putting in place is sort of another area where I see a lot of opportunity to benefit from working with someone who can you know guide you through that. Um, I think there's you know, naturally there's a desire to like you, know, you see a problem you want to go solve it and there's a smart person or a company that's got some technology that's that's interesting let's just dive in and solve the technical problem but but if you don't set that up right and especially sometimes before the work begins you can really be creating some difficult you know, problems that you're going to have to dig out of, uh, you know, after the fact. hundred percent. Is it very common in your industry to go, you know, broad and be in like four, four companies at the same time? Or do, you know, people at your caliber usually go and do a deep dive into one company? It, you know, it, it's a mix. I think, yeah. I mean, clearly what I'm doing, I think, is not the conventional path. I mean, I've done being a part of of big companies and smaller ones full time. And by the way, what, what's the difference in that? So, you know, being being in huge companies like Google and then being in small companies like Pebble, like do give me a little bit of a taste of, of, of how different it is from your perspective. Well, so so if you think about the time that I was at Apple, um, I was part of the, the hardware legal team. And within the whole legal team, you know, there was the software legal team and there was internet services, which at the time was, you know, iTunes and the bookstore and all of that. Um, and then there was the privacy team and the litigation team and the patent team and all these. And, and so the whole point, though, is you start getting specialization and a more narrow focus. So even uh, you know, while I was a senior person and ultimately led the hardware legal team at Apple, wow. um, I had nothing to do with all the really interesting things that Apple was doing in software and services and, and it's completely cool ways of setting up the Apple stores and how Apple was selling. I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, so that focus and specialization and sort of staying in your lane is sort of the hallmark of working in a big legal department. Uh, and I had done that kind of work for a long time at Intel and Apple, and I was desperate to get out of that you know, narrow lane and have the breadth of all the issues. And also, you know, when you're at an Intel or an Apple, it's like a giant aircraft carrier and it, 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 it will be just fine whether you're there or not. And it, it turns very slowly. I wanted to go to an early stage company where whether I showed up to work or not and the work that I was doing was actually going to make an important you know, value impact to to the company, um, and so that that's really what led me to to go to Pebble and have my first startup experience. And I've worked with you know many startups since then. What I like about you know playing the role I play now as a as sort of a part time GC and right. head of HR is you get to um, you know, you get an exposure at, you know, at any one time, you've got this group of companies you're working with. So there's really interesting variety, different technologies. All my companies are very, very different from each other in their focus. Um, and you get this breadth of people and experiences and you, you're constantly learning. And then you can take those lessons and apply them, you know, across all the companies. 
So, in, you know, instead of being, you know, all of my experience is what it's like to work at Pebble. Um, I actually now have the experience of having worked with, I think, you know, eight or nine different startups wow. over the past few years with a, a detour to be a business executive at Google and in between. Uh, and so I, I just love it. It's, it, it's fun and the, the variety is there. And um, I, 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 I just really enjoy it quite a bit. I mean, you're almost like a walking AI machine because you have all this data in your head about all these different companies. And I'm, I'm guessing some things are are starting to come up that you say, yeah, well, I've seen something similar a few years ago yeah. at this company, which, you know, and that just transcends every experience that, you know, somebody can get in university or, or reading in a textbook because you actually lived through crises, you lived, you've lived through successes, and you've seen all the different complexities of these problems. It's, I mean, you hear investors talk about pattern recognition. Yes. And, you know, and it's it's the same thing. And that's right. really, and it's it's funny because one of the, things that you constantly hear about in the Valley is sometimes founders greatly discount the value of experience. You know, they build a team and they're like, just, just give me somebody who's smart and enthusiastic and they can be great. And sometimes that's right. But that pattern recognition and the wisdom of knowing, you know, when this kind of problem has come up, I've seen this movie 50 times before. And I know that if you go this way or if you go that way, you know, so the smart route is go this way, like you only get that from experience. And so what's fun now is to be able to operate with that experience and be able to, you know, apply that wisdom of experience. Uh, and it's really beneficial for companies. And it's kind of a, it's a thrill to kind of be presented with a problem and you're able to offer this perspective and, and to the founders, most of the time, they're really, really appreciative of that. And that's also the kind of thing that even the law firm lawyers, I think, struggle with. I'm sure. They're, they're much more you know, doctrinal uh, and they're still in the business of identifying risk because no law firm ever wants to be in a position where something bad happens at a company and you go back to the law firm and say, you didn't tell me about this. You didn't warn me about that. So they're really in the business of warning and risk mitigation Whereas I'm more in the business of saying, how do we move the company forward, but also navigate around or through some of these legal issues? I love it. Okay, so Jeff, expect a call from me, hopefully in, in less than a few years for my startup. Uh, but uh, before that, I need three words that best describe you. All right, I'm going to go with optimistic. All right. Determined. A lawyer saying optimistic. Interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, determined. And I think the third one would be evolving. I love it. I love it very much. And 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 Jeff, I I I'm really glad to be learning all this from you. And and uh, we're both you know involved with J Ventures. And and it, it you know I just love how I get to be exposed to all these incredible people like yourself. Uh, so thank you for everything that you're teaching me. And I look forward to continue collaborating in the fund. And I look forward to working together in the future. That'd be great. Thanks a lot. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye.